Hare Krishna. Good morning to everyone. All of you who are here in the temple facility and those of you who are listening in from home or from work or from automobile by way of radio, telephone, and internet. Rupa Nugadas with you this morning. We're going to have a short discourse on the Srimad Bhagavatam. For those of you who have your iPhones or your Android phones, your smartphones, you may go to vedabase.io and uh, look up the Bhagavatam and the verse. We'll be reading from Canto 1, Chapter 6, and our text today is number 35, which is the one that's on the board, which is not up yet. Pardon? 35. Prabhu, do you think you could arrange to get the board up here with a verse written on it? For those of you who are listening in from a different part of the world, we're in Dallas, Texas, and we're experiencing some beautiful spring weather right now. Cool, a little bit overcast, and uh, with the prospect of rain, which is very much appreciated here in the state of Texas. As usual, to begin, we will offer words of, of request we will request the Supreme Lord to be with us, give us some words to say that might be pleasing to Him. Hari Haribo 
Gayom Vishnupad Paramahansa Parivyajaka Charja Hasto Tarasta Sri Srimad's Divine Loving Grace Abhoye Charanaravinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jayom Vishnupada Paramahansa Parivyajaka Charja Hasto Tarasta Sri Srimad His Divine Loving Grace Srila Bhaktivedanta Sarasvati Goswami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Ananta Koti Vaishnavrinda Ki Iskan BBT Founder Charja Srila Prabhupada Ki Iskan Guru Param Para Ki Nama Charja Srila Haridasta Kuraki Prem Zekaho Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Radhar Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Ki Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shamakun Radakun Girigovadana Ki Shri Vrindavan Dham Ki Shri Mathura Dham Ki Shri Mayapur Navadit Dham Ki Shri Jagannath Puri Dham Ki Shri Shri Radha Kalachandi Dham Ki Ganga Devi Ki Jamuna Mai Ki Tulsi Devi Ki Bhakti Devi Ki Sambhaveda Bhakta Vrinda Ki Briyat Madanga, Transcendental Book at Prashalan Distribution Ki, Nitai Gora Premananda, Hari Hari Bo, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, glories, all glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Goranga, Nama Om Vishnu Paraya Krishna Vistaya Bhutale, Shambhati Bhakti Vedanta Swamini Tinamani. Namaste, Saraswati Devi, Gaurabhadi Pachani, Naila Vishesha, Srinivari, Prashatadeshita. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivanarottamam Devin Sadaswatim Yasam Tato Jayam Udirayat Nastapreswa Badreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttamashloke Bhakti Bhavati Nastiki once again, we're reading from Canto 1, Chapter 6, Text Number 35. And those of you who were fortunate enough to be around yesterday, you heard uh, uh, Mother Jai Radhe give a very excellent class, which I listened to last night from about 11 to 12. <laughs> Sometimes I don't I I don't get things done in time that I can uh, listen to class and I for some reason I was not picking up her class on the on our local radio station yesterday. Um, I'm not sure why. Um, so anyhow, I got I had the pleasure of listening last night and then uh, day before yesterday, uh, our own Srinath Krishna Prabhu gave a very interesting class on the Srimad Bhagavatam. They were giving classes from text 33 and 34, and now we're on text 35. So we'll repeat word for word the Sanskrit. Yamaribir Yoga Patai Kama 
Hato Muhu Mukunda Sevaya Yadvat Tatmata Na Shamyati And now we'll read it in portrait verse Yamari Bir Yoga Patai Repeat. Kamalubha hato muhu Mukunda sevaya yadvat Tatat madha nasyam yati Yamari bir yoga patai Kamalubha lobha hato muhu Mukunda Sevaya Yadvat Tatamadha Nasyam Yati Yamari Bir Yoga Patai Kamalubha Hatomuhu Mukunda Sevaya Yadvat Tatmarhanasamyati. Can please? Yomari bir yoga patai. Kamalubha hatomuhu. Mukunda Sevaya Yadvat Tatat Marha Nasyam Yati Mothers Yamari Biyoga Patai Kamalopa Hatomuho Mukunda Sevaya Yadvat Tatha madha nasamyati. Word for word translations. Yama aribi. By the process of practicing self restraint. Yoga, yoga patai. By the system of yoga. Mystic bodily power. To attain the godly stage. Kama desires for sense gratification. Lobha lust for satisfaction of the senses. Hatha curbed. Muhu always. Mukunda the personality of Godhead. Sevaya. By the service of Yadvat, as it is, Tata, like that, Atma, the soul, Adha, for all practical purposes, Na, 
does not shamyati be satisfied. Translation by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Ki. It is true that by practicing restraint of the senses by the yoga system, one can get relief from the disturbances of desire and lust. But this is not sufficient to give satisfaction to the soul, for this satisfaction is derived from devotional service to the personality of Godhead. And purport by His Divine Grace, Yoga aims at controlling the senses by practice of the mystic process of bodily exercise in sitting, thinking, feeling, willing, concentrating, meditating, and at last being merged into transcendence. One can control the senses. The senses are considered just like venomous serpents, and the yoga system is just to control them. On the other hand, Narada Muni recommends another method for controlling the senses in the transcendental loving service of Lord Makunda, the personality of Godhead. By his experience, he says that devotional service to the Lord is more effective and practical than the system of artificially controlling the senses. In the service of the Lord Makunda, the senses are transcendentally engaged. Thus, there is no chance of their being engaged in sense gratification. The senses want some engagement. To check them artificially is no check at all, because as soon as there is some opportunity for enjoyment, the serpent-like senses will certainly take advantage of it. There are many such instances in history just like Valmiki Muni, uh, I'm sorry, Vishwamitra Muni's falling a victim to the beauty of Menaka, uh, the heavenly heavenly damsel, Menaka, Menaka. But Takur Haridas was allured at midnight by the well-dressed Maya, and still she could not induce that great devotee into her trap. We're not done yet with the, with the uh, purport, but I just want to I, I just want to observe that uh, even though the personalities within this universe, like Vishwamitra Muni, are far beyond us in our abilities, uh, still they are their their uh, abilities are superseded or they're they're uh, over overcome by the influence of the material energy of the Lord. Uh, on the other hand, a person who was born into a very lowly family, Haridas Thakur, his senses are under control because he has dedicated himself to simply chanting the holy names of the Lord. So we'll continue on. One more paragraph. The whole idea is that without devotional service of the Lord, Neither the yoga system nor dry philosophical speculation can ever become successful. Pure devotional service of the Lord without being tinged with fruity work, mystic yoga, or speculative philosophy is the foremost procedure to attain self-realization. Such pure devotional service is transcendental in nature, and the systems of yoga and jnana are subordinate to such a process. 
when the transcendental devotional service is mixed with a subordinate process, it is no longer transcendental, but is called mixed devotional service. Srila Vyasadeva, the author of the Srimad Bhagavatam, will gradually develop all these different systems of transcendental realization in the text. End of purport by His Divine Grace to the Prabhupada. Om Jnana Timirandasya Jnana Salakaya Chaksurun Militam Jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Maya Dadati Swavarantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Dutta Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavanscha Shri Rupam Sagrajattam Sahagana Raghunatan Bitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Padijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamscha he Krishna Karanasando Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Taptakanchana Godangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Vishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpa Tarubhyascha Kripasindubhyevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Garadhar Shiva Sadigur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Shantarashi Mat Bhagavatam Ki Jai Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Nama Om Vishnu Vadaya Krishna Pastaya Bhutale Srimate Tamal Krishna Goswaminiti Namane So we have a topic uh, that we're talking about today that has been discussed many times in Srimad Bhagavatam classes over the years, over the decades, and that is the controlling of the senses. Um so we, we as devotees understand that most people in our society today are pursuing the illusory happiness, the elusive, illusory happiness of the material world. And yet we don't see people becoming happy, even with so much opportunity, uh, so much uh, facility to enjoy their senses uh, they still do not seem very happy. And you can tell this by observing people in, in public situations, like going to the market to buy uh, prasadam or boga to offer to the Lord, or going, going out to a place. Uh, the, only, the only kind of place in which people seem to experience some pleasure um, is, is the, uh, is the, are the clubs the nightclubs that people go to to uh, take some form of intoxication and then to listen to some music that has nothing to do with the real aims of life. And this they call happiness, and we call it a temporary cessation of the suffering. 
But uh, activities such as this, they have the tendency to lead to greater and greater suffering as time goes by. So there's a failure to control the senses in our society. And as is mentioned in our text today, in the purport, uh, people will practice yoga, and we generally call that hatha yoga, although there are other varieties as well, uh, to try to relieve stress and to promote health. Because unless they're practicing something, some type of of exercise to relieve that stress, then the the uh, the first move that they usually make after coming home from a hard day's work is to go to the liquor cabinet and get something nice to drink, uh, something that will ease the pain, something that will dull their consciousness and practically put them on the level of animals. But we know uh, from our own experience over the years, everybody here and everybody that's listening in, that uh, just practicing hatha yoga, even though it's really good for the body and it does help to relieve stress, it is better than using intoxication, putting substances into your body which are very deleterious to one's health and eventually will have the effect of wrecking some organ or some system within the body. The liver is generally the, the object of the, um, of intoxicants that are used. It, it has, to, I guess it's responsible for filtering out all those things that the body recognizes as being somewhat poisonous. So Hatha Yoga then does not provide a very lasting, uh, path to happiness. And as we have heard today in the verse, uh, the, uh, th- this is called restraining the senses. In other words, trying to quieten down the demands that are being made by the senses and by the mind, which is the one that is, is, is the order carrier for the senses. Whatever the senses are demanding, it's the mind's job to try to satisfy that desire. So we don't find yoga to be very helpful in providing a long, long-term solution to the pushings of the senses. As a matter of fact, right up until the time of one's departure from his body, death, uh, still the senses may be there demanding something good to eat, uh, something to smoke, something to drink, some beautiful form to look at. And then there's this, there's the philosophical, uh, study, study of philosophical reasoning, um, which, uh, which was very perfectly done by Srila Vyasadeva when he took the Vedas and separated them into four separate Vedas for different kinds of people to read and to try to find some way to find pleasure within this material world. But even after the, the, the monumental task of doing that, Srila uh, Vyasadeva was dissatisfied. And so that's the reason then that we're finding ourselves uh, reading about and listening to the conversation between Naradamuni and Srila Vyasadeva in this uh, first canto, chapter 6. So we're understanding then that Srila Vyasadeva, even though he's considered to be an incarnation of the Supreme Lord, and he's very, very powerful in his intellect, 
Still, he seems to be perturbed at not finding pleasure in what he's accomplished with dividing these Vedas into four. And so Narada Muni comes along at just the right time, as Narada Muni quite often does, either to stir up, stir up the fire or to help someone get past a certain impasse that they are certain plateau that they have gotten to and they don't understand why they're not finding happiness. So, uh, just simply uh, studying philosophical literature, one will not get satisfaction. He might get some pleasure out of the uh, very interesting, clever use of words, but he will not find satisfaction for the person whom he is. Because most philosophical writings that have occurred within the past two, three hundred, four hundred years have have had nothing to do with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Now, there are exceptions to that. René Descartes was a French philosopher. And he went into an oven, which I guess is like a big thing they cook bread in. And, of course, it, it cooled down by the time he went into it. But he went in there and stayed for a period of time just simply meditating, reflecting, and he came to the conclusion that the only way he could prove that he himself existed was to prove first that God existed. Did you know that? Did you know that? Anyhow, René Descartes, and he is responsible also. He was a French mathematician and philosopher, and he was responsible for the Cartesian theories. Uh, for example, um, the some of the squares of a right triangle, the sides of a right triangle, are equal to the square of the hypotenuse. Did you know that? You remember that? A squared plus B squared equals C squared. All right, so this is Cartesian uh, mathematics. He also, uh, I, as I understand it, used graphing, to locate a point anywhere on a two-dimensional surface. And this was later expanded to three dimensions. You can actually locate a point in three dimensions uh, by using the method he uh, discovered back in, I guess, the 1800s. That was before the times of computers, by the way, or at least the modern computers such as we have now. So anyhow... He, I'm sure he must have found some satisfaction in coming up with the theories that he, he did. Uh, but whether that will provide lasting happiness to anyone to study that and to study the other great Goethe and Immanuel Kant, to read about those philosophers, I think the, the, what, what most people would get would be just a headache just trying to figure out what in the world they're talking about. But, you know, to, among some academics, they consider them pretty important personalities. But we experience too little pleasure and satisfaction in such material activities, such as hatha yoga, which we might practice just to keep our bodies fit, and, uh, and the, um, the philosophical um, delving that some people get into. Uh, so our really, really our purpose then is looking for happiness and pleasure in this material world. Now, if you remember, at the beginning of the battle of Kurukshetra, uh, 
Lord Krishna was asked by Arjuna to pull Arjuna's chariot in between the two uh, opposing parties so that Arjuna could look and see who it is that he was going to have to fight with and either kill or be killed by. And so uh, he, he expressed to Krishna that what, is the, what, what good is it to win this battle and then to win, to win the kingdom, which was his brother's kingdom, Yudhisthira's kingdom, uh, to win that back, uh, what, what, is, what good is there if all of these people that are assembled on the battlefield are going to be killed? And even if I'm alive and I'm successful, then how can I enjoy a kingdom that does not have Grandfather Bhishma and his martial preceptor there, Dronacharya, and all of his cousins who were inimical to him and his four brothers uh, for all the years of their growing up. But still, Arjuna felt a certain amount of, 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 of uh, anguish uh, by the thoughts of having to be responsible for the deaths of all of those people or to be killed by them. And, of course, if he lost the battle, then he's no longer existing on the planet. So, so there's no enjoyment there. So anyhow, 640 million men died in 18 days of fighting. Now, that means that they had some pretty sophisticated weapons to be able to kill each other like that. And practically the only ones that were left were the five Pandavas and a handful of others. And, and so Arjuna then asked Krishna, what is the use in such activities as this. And so or, so Krishna had to speak what became known as the Song of God, the Song of Krishna, the Bhagavad Gita, to Arjuna during about 45 minutes as they stood there on the battlefield between the two armies. So this was a plight of Arjuna, that he was looking to try to enjoy life in this material world. And Krishna said, no that even though the words that you're speaking seem very rational, seem very intelligent, still, Arjuna, you're speaking like a fool because you don't know the reason that this battle has to be fought. And this battle has to be fought because I want it to be fought. I have to relieve the earth of so many phalanxes of, of military might that are going to oppress the earth and keep the earth in a distressed condition you know, the earth is personified as Mother Bhumi. So Mother Bhumi is going to be distressed by what human beings are doing to her, her body, the earth. Uh, if, if I don't take all of these military forces off the planet, and uh, by the way, I'm going to be leaving too. You know, we found out later, he said. Uh, so that uh, I'm going to be leaving, so I can't leave all. And besides, many of these persons whom you're seeing out on the battlefield, they came with me from the spiritual world to enact my pastimes. They came to help me perform my pastimes. And so we find out later that even though the battle was fought, still there was the, the family of the Yadus, uh, who were uh, many of whom were still present on the planet. Those that was Krishna's dynasty, and so in order to relieve further, he, his reasoning was that if I leave all of these people here, they are so powerful that no one else can 
can take them out. And so there's practically no way that they're going to be killed. So I have to arrange that the Yadavas will kill themselves. They will get into a fratricidal war. And this was all arranged after the Battle of Kurukshetra was finished. So Krishna wanted to take all of these personalities off the planet because they came here to this planet if they were ordinary conditioned souls like us. They came here looking for a way to enjoy life. And anything they saw in this material world that looked like it could be an object to be used for their pleasure, they would use it for their pleasure. But we know then that that pleasure always entails suffering later. Always. There's not any form of pleasure practically in this material world. I'm talking about material pleasure that doesn't have concomitant suffering that will come along sooner or later, either in this lifetime or another lifetime. And your endeavor to, right up until the end of your life, your endeavor to find happiness in this material world was simply buy you another birth in this material world, as it has for many, many lifetimes. So we believe in engaging our senses in service to the Supreme Person. Um, it, and and not, not just any service, but really concrete engagement in the, in the service of the Supreme Lord. So Srila Prabhupada has had to devise all kinds of ways for his disciples to be engaged in service to the Lord. What, what is the main purpose? So that they can chant the holy names without offenses. All of the services that Prabhupada engaged his disciples in, we understand that that was for the purpose of getting them to be able to do completely attentive, inoffensive chanting. And, of course, we know that the, the, one, one of the greatest offenses, offenses is to um, uh, not have complete faith in the chanting of the whole names, to maintain material attachments, and to chant without thinking about what we're saying, just to make the sounds. And so uh, Krishna wants us to chant with attention. So some concrete engagement, just like the Pandavas now. The Pandavas came onto this planet uh, as the birth, uh, as the children, the birth children of, of Queen Kunti and also uh, Queen Madri. Uh, Queen Madri had has, has her children, uh, 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 Let's see, what are their names? Well, there were three three sons born to Queen Kunti. First was Yudhisthira, and then Bhima, and then Arjuna. And then there was Sahadev and Nakula, who were born to Madri. And so whenever uh, whenever their father, Pandu, died, and see, this, was, this is the, practically at the early stages of their lives. Their father was cursed, and he died. Uh, because he was trying to find pleasure himself uh, in the association of one of his wives. So uh, without that, then the Pandavas, the five Pandava brothers, then uh, went back with their mother to Hastinapur, where uh, uh, Pandu's brother, the blind brother Dhritarashtra, uh, had assumed the duties as king in Pandu's absence, because Pandu had taken his wife and his children to to the Himalayas or, or to the mountains, and uh, among they were there among all kinds of rishis and saintly persons who were living in the ashrams there, 
And uh, so they had sporting activities there in the mountains. With the, it was a lovely place. And Pandu was, you know, he's a good father by wanting his sons there rather than in the city, Hastinapur. But on the other hand, uh, they, they, uh, they, when they came back down to Hastinapur to live after their father had, had given up his body, then they started having problems with Dhritarashtra's 100 sons, the chief of whom was Duryodhan. And uh, Duryodhan was, was always convinced that he would be happy if he has no competitors for the kingdom of the earth, whom his father was presently occupying uh, unlawfully until Yudhisthira came of age, Yudhisthira the chief among, uh, the eldest among the Pandavas, until he became of age. So during this time, these personalities who were very dear to Lord Krishna, I mean to the point that he was, they were seeing Krishna almost every day. Uh, but even though they were very dear to Krishna and their wife, uh, their common wife for the five brothers, uh, whose name was Dropadi, uh, she had to suffer so much uh, um, uh, unhappiness uh, because of the conflict between the two sets of cousins. So even those persons who were very dear to the Supreme Lord, who actually came to participate in Krishna's activities, they had to suffer because they were uh, they were engaged in in activities that were intended to bring them happiness, but which ultimately didn't. So then, uh, being devotees, then we we understand that any material happiness that we have in this world is going to be temporary, and therefore. We try to gain the association of the advanced spiritualists, just like the Pandavas in the, in Hastinapur. They had persons like uh, Vidura, who was the third brother of Dhritarashtra and Pandu, and he was not uh, he he was not in line to become the emperor of the world in Pandu's absence uh, because he was born of a maidservant. But nonetheless, Vidura was a very exalted spiritualist, and so was also Srila Vyasadeva, who would come occasionally to visit with the Pandavas. And so uh, we learned that there is a variety of devotional activities that we can perform, which will bring happiness. And if we learn to chant the Maha Mantra with attention, that is also the goal of performing all of these devotional activities. So, once we have taken to devotional life, then we realize that we have a great deal of good fortune. We're no longer performing the activities that are simply going to bring us back into the material world and cause us further suffering. So, what do we do? Then we like to share that. And Srila Prabhupada, he, he put great emphasis on preaching. Why? Because his spiritual master, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, had put great emphasis on preaching. In other words, spreading this information about the Supreme Lord all over the world. And so Srila Prabhupada took that uh, request of his spiritual master to heart. And when the time was appropriate then, he came to this country at a very advanced stage uh, when any possibility of material happiness 
or material act, act material activities could, which could bring about some pleasure were were behind him and of course we all we know that uh Srila Prabhupada never failed prey to uh these the senses the the demands of the senses for the objects of those senses he was always in in a, in saintly association and uh, then he actually left that good association and took a great chance, even though he's advised against it, to come across the ocean to this uh, very fallen culture of America, or can we say culture? Maybe we should just say society of America. He he was he he came over because he he saw that others were experiencing pain. He saw that others. Uh, were uh, mainly acting out of ignorance because they had no idea, they had never been exposed to literature or to persons who were speaking about the glories of the Supreme Person. And he wanted to bring that information on the, on the, on the behest of his own spiritual master, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta. So we see that others are experiencing pain. We feel compassionate for the ignorance that is bringing about that. So we try to bring others to the awareness of the Supreme Lord. How do we do that? By talking to them. Or, or in addition to that, by giving them a piece of literature that Srila Prabhupada has written or one of his disciples has written. Because it, the only cause of the state of unhappiness, now we could say, or the primary cause of the unhappiness that people are feeling out in the larger society is ignorance. And so if we can, we can shine the light and, sh- and show them how to get out of that ignorant condition, then they can also begin to enjoy something of the type of happiness that doesn't that doesn't uh, have a beginning and an ending. It it only continues on forever and ever. Uh, but we're just in the wrong place right now to see uh, an experience uh, to get an experience of that, except by a person who has come from that place where that happiness just has no beginning and has no end. It's just continuing and it's increasing. And that's that's the. Uh, the the uh, the representative of the supreme lord so uh, our job then is to bring others to awareness of the lord and then to set a proper example for others to emulate because if there if it had not been for the character of Srila Prabhupada, uh i'm i don't know how much success i'm i'm sure that his books his writings would have had Success, even if he were not personally present, but because he was personally present and he showed others how to act in order to gain lasting happiness, then therefore his his movement that he began has become very successful throughout the world. It's offering people a a a, a, res, a, res, a respite uh, from the uh, unhappiness that they've been feeling all their lives. So uh, then how do we go about this, sharing that good fortune? Uh, and how do we go about uh, finding our own uh, increase in spiritual life? Uh, we serve the Lord's devotees. 
we look toward those who are, who have actually taken Srila Prabhupada's words very seriously and have arranged their lives in such a way that they're doing what he did. They've given up, uh, many of them have given up any family connection. Some of, some of the initiating spiritual masters uh, have wives. I know, I know of two of those, Rabindra Sarup Prabhu and uh, Vaisheshika Prabhu. Who who have wives, but their wives are acting just just as helpmates to them, so that they can they can perform the same kind of activities as one who has taken the renounced order of life. Um, I think Srila Prabhupada was was quoted as saying that a householder who has uh, taken up the service to the Supreme Lord and has his senses uncontrolled is as good as a sannyasi, a person who has actually given up family connections. So um, by serving the devotee of the Lord, then we can come to the spiritual position. We can, we can understand the spiritual position of, of the devotees. In other words, we can, we can give proper respect to those persons who have dedicated their lives for propagating the holy name of the Lord all over the world. We can find ways to encourage others in their service. We, you know, every day we're bumping into people who are performing some service uh, for the temple community, or they're, they're, maybe they're actively out distributing Prabhupada's books. With, maybe they don't have a temple community themselves, but they just travel around all over the country, all over the world, distributing Srila Prabhupada's literature. And so we can find ways to encourage those people. If we have any wealth of our own, uh, we can we can make it available to those persons so that they're so that they can get on with the business of distributing literatures if they need the extra help. We can befriend all of those persons who are on the path of bhakti. Uh, of course, Srila Prabhupada has encouraged us to stay within our disciplic succession. But even when we're dealing with someone like the Gaudiya Mat in, in India, we still, if we deal with those people, we should, of course, show them respect if they themselves are also trying to spread this information about the glories of the Holy Name. And then finally, we should strive to become one, uh, who knows the proper way of speaking and acting. And, and then to actually do that to speak properly, and then to act properly. And in that way, we can actually have some effect on the people who are around us. We can have a positive effect on them. And so, let's read the translation once more. Uh, Narada Muni is saying, It is true that by practicing restraint of the senses by the yoga system, one can get relief from the disturbances of desire and lust. But this is not sufficient to give, to give satisfaction to the soul, for this satisfaction is derived from devotional service to the Personality of Godhead. So, to serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead is our goal in life, or it should be. And hopefully it is for all of you who are listening in, who are in the temple compound or listening away. And so I think with, with that, we will conclude today's discourse and ask if anybody has questions or comments to make. We have just a few people in our temple room right now. 
I wish we could hear from those of you who are listening in online or by telephone or radio. Any comments that anybody would like to make before we go? Okay. Chakra Prabhu wants to make a comment. I'm going to ask him to speak into the microphone. Hare Krishna. Yeah, you were mentioning about uh, distributing this knowledge to others and uh, the best way probably is uh, through book distribution, Prabhupada's books. Because for myself personally, um, that's how I learned about the philosophy by reading Prabhupada's books. The same books we have now, uh, Perfection of Yoga, Beyond Birth and Death, those little books. And uh, before I even ever went to a temple, I was reading those books and I decided this is what I want to do. I want to be a devotee. The books are so, uh, Prabhupada is so convincing. They answer all your questions. So, and then I think I was reading the books for about one year before I even visited a temple and I already knew this is what I want to do. So, uh, book distribution, uh, Prabhupada's books are very powerful. And, uh, it's very easy to do. Instead of going out to distribute books, you can distribute books wherever you are. Like when you go to the grocery store, you go to the bank, you go shopping, just take a few books with you and, and just give them out to the people. And uh, 99% of the time, they will be very, very happy to receive them. And they're not, they're not very expensive either. The small books cost about 50 cents and there's some pamphlets on chanting Hare Krishna that those are only about 10 cents. So probably most of us can afford to uh, pay for those books and just distribute them. So that's another way we can uh, reach people by giving out the books where, wherever we are. Doesn't You don't have to make a separate endeavor to go out. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much, Chakravu. I've I've started uh, carrying a box of Bhagavad Gita's around with me in my van uh, because I I don't I haven't been so uh, brave as to go up and you know try to get someone to take book and make a donation, but I just paid for the books myself, and I find somebody that might be a little bit interested even. Uh, it's nice to have something there that I can just give to them, offer to them for free. Any other comments, please? Mr. Bhagavan Prabhu, would you like to speak into the microphone? Let, let, hold on, let me say this. Uh, I'll paraphrase what Mr. Bhagavan Prabhu is saying. That Prabhupada said in many in many cases in many places in many circumstances that we could support our entire movement by distributing his literatures selling his books okay let me paraphrase that also Uh, Mr. Bhagavan Prabhu is making the comment that Prabhupada said that we could support our entire organization by the sales of books and yet, uh, he, uh, Mr. Bhagwan Prabhu has seen that, uh, um, that our temple communities have used various means of earning money by selling incense, 
by selling uh, here in Dallas, uh, by selling oil paintings that came from Taiwan and, and South Korea, various ways of, of raising money. And, and he is wondering why it, it and of course the, the restaurants, many, uh, many temples open restaurants and they sell uh, uh, meals from the restaurants as a means of supporting. But he doesn't see anyone uh, supporting our, our, our whole society or even, I guess, even a temple just by selling books. Pardon? Uh, right. No, he doesn't even see individuals taking care of their families in this way by selling books. And so the question is, why is that? Why is there? Why is there not more? Why are there not more people uh, uh, doing what Srila Prabhupada recommended? Why did he say we could we could uh, sell them and support our entire temple community? Is that what you? Why would he say that if nobody's doing it? Is that the question? No, uh, Chakri Babu has a response. Well, there are a lot of devotees that are doing that. A lot of devotees are going out and maintaining themselves uh, by distributing books. And uh, not everyone has the ability or the capacity to do that. And Prabhupada wasn't against us making money and using it uh, for the right purpose. Uh, even in the beginning of the movement, he started the spiritual sky incense thing and even asked devotees to get a job and, and work and help pay for the temple. So he wasn't uh, against uh, making money and using it in Krishna's service. His principle was yukta vairagya, uh, utilize everything for Krishna's purpose. So if someone can earn a nice living and uh, use that money uh, in Krishna's service uh, in so many different ways. We need a lot of money So for so many different projects so it can all be used in, in Krishna's service. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much, Chakrivu. So, uh, there, there have been uh, many, many attempts by various leaders in our movement to raise money. And if, if I give you an example of one reason that the Dallas community uh, was was uh, was stopped from selling literatures, the uh, we were going out to the airports and distributing literatures out there, selling literatures at the airports. And the airports made the decision that we could not do that. So then we had to find some other way to do that. And Tamal uh, Krishna Goswami Maharaj also understood that we were getting a, a, a reputation that was not so good. And he was interested in helping us to uh, have, have a, a, a better uh, appearance to the public, uh, because if you know, if, if I think some of the methodology that some devotees were using 
to distribute literature was, was not so commendable. Hare Krishna, Peter uh, so this this temple has went you know before we started having a, a a restaurant and before we started having a large contributing con- uh, congregation uh then we we had we you know we had bought up a number of properties around our temple community here and they had to be paid for and um at one point in time, many of the young men who were on the traveling Sankirtan party uh, went away. They left. And they got married. They took up jobs of whatever they did. You know, many of them even left the movement. Um, so it was necessary for those of us who were left here to come up with a means of providing the money for renovating this temple, for building our restaurant for buying the farm that we had, which we unfortunately was not were not able to we were not able to keep up in Oklahoma. Really. So in other words, if if we had not gone out and raised money by some means, you know, some legal means, there are always illegal means for raising money and some devotees take to that. I know of them. I know of them personally who've done that. Uh, but if we if we're not going to do that by legal means, then we have to find some method for uh, for raising funds. And I I was I was one of those. I was the first person in Dallas to go out with a roll of paintings under my arms and sell paintings. Um, there was someone who was supposed to go with me that uh, could not make it, so I was the first one that w- went out and. And uh, sold something like two hundred two hundred twenty five dollars worth of paintings on my first day out. I never was a big distributor of paintings or anything else, but uh, Krishna gave me a little special mercy on that. So we we've taken up various means, Mr. Bhagavan Prabhu, um, of raising the money because the, the money had to come from somewhere, and it had to be legitimate. It had to be legal. And we did not have a big congregation at that time, such as we have now. We have five or ten thousand person congregation now between Dallas and Fort Worth. That's what I understand. And many of them uh, are, are, you know, professional people. They're making good incomes, and they're willing to share that. Uh, we know that because uh, during this last um, winter, listen, what do we call it, uh, Prabhupada Marathon? that occurred, uh, you know, a few weeks before Christmas and went on up through Christmas. Uh, there were uh, many, many books were purchased because of donations that came in from various people. And I myself had some money, so I, I bought books also. And we, at the end of the marathon season then, uh, we had boxes and boxes and boxes of books that had been donated. They were paid for by individuals who used some of the money that they earned uh, in their work. And so uh, so now those books are being distributed uh, for free. So is, is that a good thing? Well, it, it may not be supporting our movement by selling books, 
But then that support is coming through other means right now. So we're just we're just like she, you know, Lord Chaitanya freely gave the chanting of the Maha Mantra when he was here, and so we're freely giving the Bhagavad Gita's to individuals at from at when they go into a grocery store uh, or something, some kind of store, and they see a stack of books on the table with a sign there that says. Please take a complimentary copy. That, so the literature is getting sent out. And I think those persons who don't want to know about it are not going to take a book for free and then toss it in the garbage. I don't think so. That happened at the airports sometimes, you know, in the past, when, uh, when some rather unscrupulous persons who were devotees uh, would would take as much money as they could get from a person who was in a hurry to catch a plane. They would hold them there and take you know, money from them for a book or something. And that person then would look at the book and he would be disgusted that he had been bilked out of, you know, thirty, forty, fifty dollars So that was giving us a bad reputation and therefore it had to end. That's not self-sustaining. Uh, and as it is, uh, our restaurant has been popular all over the Metroplex. And uh, are we supposed to just give away, you know, prasadam for free? No. People will people will respect it if they pay something for it, just as they do with books. They will respect them more if they actually pay something for them. <clears throat> so our restaurant has been very successful under the leadership of a couple of people in our community now. And... Uh, and I'm, I'm very pleased to be part of a community that has found a way to support itself by distributing, if not books, then prashadam. And then it's receiving money for books that are being freely distributed. Somehow it's going on, and it seems to be sustainable. Uh, the way things were done before this Dallas community was began, was begun again by Tamal Krishna Goswami, the way things were done then was by young young men going out and spending a part of their lives, you know, two, three, four, five years, ten years, maybe to serve any books. But that, that was not sustainable because those young men wanted to get married. They had a desire for a wife and, and a family. And, and they they realized that they could not do that by distributing books. Why they could not, I don't know. But they decided not to do so. And some of them left the movement at that time. So those of us who were left here then had the responsibility for not only maintaining this temple community, but also by building up this, this beautiful room that we're sitting in now, this temple room, and the altar that our deities are on, the Lord, their lordships. I went on for a long time, sorry. <laughs> Anything else anyone wants to bring up? All right. Grantarashimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Vanchakalpatarubhischa kripasandabhya evacha patintanam pavanibhya vaishnavebhya namonama anantakoti vaishnavinda ki jai. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Shishi Vada Kalachanjidam ki jai. Gora Premananda. Haribo.